You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Just a quick show at the moment looking at some players who could be available on your waiver wire for some season-long value, for some short-term value, and for some upside flyer type guys who might be available in your league. Michael. Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed, we will start by looking at some players who I still believe are under-rostered across fantasy basketball leagues. And the first one of those guys is Isaiah Thomas of the Washington Wizards. Thomas is a guy who I think is a 10-team guy to roster. He's available in 46% of Yahoo leagues. I think he can push up to being probably a top 80 sort of a player this year. There's going to be ups and downs, no doubt. We saw what he can do in those big minutes against Boston. There won't be That won't happen every game. But as a guy that's available, and of course, if a guy is a 10-team league ad, he's an ad in 12s and 14s, and he's available in plenty of 12-team leagues, Isaiah Thomas, and he shouldn't be. I think that the numbers will continue to improve. He's never going to be that guy that gets to the line as much as he did back in his heyday as a member of the Celtics, but he still deserves a spot on a roster in a 10-team league and, and definitely a 12-team league. Bogdan Bogdanovich really balling out for the Sacramento Kings at the moment, and some of that is the absence of De'Aaron Fox, some of that is the absence of Marvin Bagley, but we're also just seeing that this guy's a good player, and I think that the way that he is playing at the moment should be giving uh, instructions to Luke Walton that he needs to be playing him more than the 20 minutes a night that he was getting before those injuries happened, uh, even in this short term, and even if he does drop off later, the cumulative numbers that he puts up now where he could be like a top 50 guy for the next four, five, six weeks while Fox is out, and then maybe he drops back off, he gets assists, he gets steals, he hits threes, he scores, he's playing a lot of minutes, and again, that will come down, and that'll probably transition him into being a sell high guy at some point, but for now, it's really hard to leave Bogdanovich on the waiver wire, those injuries opening up that opportunity for him to show what he can do. He's shown what he can do, and I do think that that will stick forward as uh, as Walton comes to his senses with this Sacramento Kings team. The next guy we look at... Hello there. The Jedi, Ojiana Nobi, he is still available in too many leagues, in my opinion. Available in 26% of Yahoo leagues, which means for some 10-team formats, he's going to be around. Now, most 12-teamers are going to have him uh, rostered already. But after that eye injury, maybe he was dropped. This is just a cursory note to make sure that you go and look to see if Ananobi is available and go and add him. Rishawn Holmes, another player who is putting up some really strong numbers for the Kings at the moment. Available in 44% of Yahoo leagues. Even when Marvin Bagley returns, again, they don't play the same position. The Kings have been reluctant to play Bagley at center, even though they should. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a massive impact on Holmes. His field goal percentage will remain untouched. Maybe his usage is impacted, but he's not a usage player. That's not where his value comes from. Maybe he loses some rebounds, but he gets blocks. He'll get some steals. He'll rebound. He'll score. He'll keep doing enough to be, at the very least, a 12-team league guy, Holmesy. But for 10-teamers, he is a guy that I'd be adding at this point as well. 
I've got Torian Prince on this list as a 12-team guy. The last few games from Prince have been a bit of a struggle, no doubt about that. He hasn't been good. And this is more of an indication of who Prince is. Now, at the start of the season, in the preseason, people were hyping this bloke up. Man, top 70 guy. Look how well he fits in Brooklyn. All this sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, he's not going to be a 70% three-point shooter. I don't believe in Prince this much. But this is never a case of player good, player bad. It's about you know consistent production. It's about relative value. And while I didn't think he was as good as what he was then, I also don't think he's as bad as what he's been these last couple of games. He can be better than that. The rebound rate is up. The shooting is going to wax and wane. He can provide some rebounds, a steal or so a game, hit some threes, score some points. But he's available in 42% of leagues, and that's enough. We're in 12-teamers. He's going to be around in a good chunk of your peop- uh, of you guys' leagues and you can go and add Tory and Prince in those formats. It also wasn't a great day for Dwight Powell yesterday of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, limited minutes. But I think some of that, or most of that, was due to the fact of they wanted to match Maxi Kleber up on Pascal Siakam. Rick Carlisle, one of those coaches in the NBA who is not afraid to change his rotations on a night-to-night basis outside of Paul Zingas and Doncic. So Powell is going to have those ups and downs. But as a guy who, again, is available in 46% of leagues, he is a 12-team league player. And the vast majority of nights, he's going to be playing 28 to 29 minutes. He's going to be scoring with high efficiency. He gets steals. He's a solid enough rebounder. He can hit threes at an okay level. There's nothing sexy about his game. But it's consistent top 110, top 100 type of numbers who's never going to push into the top 50, but he's probably never going to fall outside the top 130. And that can be really, really strong for a 12-team league situation. And the other guy who is available in too many leagues that should be rostered in, in most of those for the rest of the season is Danny House of the Houston Rockets. House has missed the last three games with that back issue, but prior to that, he was putting up really strong numbers, blocking over a shot a game, block, uh, getting over a steal a game, true shooting absolutely out the wazoo, hitting three, scoring well, and while some of those numbers may drop off, I still think House's role is locked in. It's rock solid, 30-plus minutes a night, defensive numbers, high efficiency, good scoring, good volume of threes, and that makes him a 12-team league guy who is available in 57% of leagues, and that means you need to pay some attention to Danny House. Next bunch of guys that I want to look at are some short-term ads. We've got Smoke and Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets with uh, Karis LeVert out and with Kyrie Irving dealing with his shoulder injury. Harris put up some good assist numbers last game, but he's going to get larger opportunity, just more handling of the ball, more minutes, more shot attempts. And he was a real fringy sort of 12-team league guy. This pushes him into at least a short-term 12-team league guy. For the uh, Golden State Warriors, we know Steph's out. Now D'Angelo Russell's dealing with his thumb issue. So the lubricant, K.Y. Bowman, he is really in play here for at least this short term. Now, Bowman is a uh, a two-way contract guy, so he does have limited long-term value. But for these two weeks that Russell's out, he's going to be playing 37, 38 minutes a night most likely, and that makes him a strong short-term ad, as does his teammate Alec Burks who, weirdly, was pushed into a really small role as Jordan Poole continued to shit all over whatever is NBA basketball for Golden State. Poole's been moved to the bench. Burks' minutes were back up. He's going to play some uh, backup point guard now, Alec, and I think he is a short-term 12-team league guy. Garrett Temple in Brooklyn. It's a name to look at. Uh, he's, he's a guy that uh, is going to fill in for Levert. Now, he's not a must-roster guy. He's a low-upside player, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to be 12-team relevant. More 14-team, but there is some numbers there for him. We go to the water boy, Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors. He's still available in quite a few leagues. Now, the last couple of games haven't been good for Boucher. There's no doubt about that, and he's not a must-roster guy at this at this point. But I do think his ability to block some shots 
to score at least while Serge Ibaka is out is is marginally interesting. Again, this is not a, a must-add guy, not a guy that we're adding in every single situation, uh, Boucher, but he is a, a player who in the short term is a wor- at least worth looking at as a flyer-type option that we can uh, that we can consider. Um, another guy that we need to or need to at least consider here is Chris Dunn of the Chicago Bulls, and that is because of his ability to get steals. He gets steals. His steal rate is absolutely through the roof at the moment, Dunn. And with Otto Porter out, I'd expect a couple of extra minutes per game from Dunn. And if you're looking for a guy that can give you one and a half to two steals a game, which is sort of what he's doing at the moment, I think you need to really be considering that. Again, not for everybody. Those steals are really where his value is uh, is brought. And then his teammate, Kobe White, another guy who's getting a real bump in minutes with Porter out now. He's a very different player to Dunn. He's going to score and do very little else. And we saw last game when the shot doesn't go in, he provides little value. He did add nine rebounds in that game, so that was interesting. But he is an interesting short-term add while Otto Porter is out. While Grayson Allen is dealing with his ankle injury in Memphis, uh, Dylan Brooks, his minutes have been more consistent. Now, we've seen in the past that Brooks has been able to put up some decent numbers, but consistency had been a problem. But with Allen out, we're seeing more of those 30-minute-a-night games from Brooksy. He's contributing in steals more than he has in the past as well. And he's getting some assists some night. He gets some rebounds some night. So he has yeah, taken some big steps forward so far this season. So Dylan Brooks is a nice short-term option for Memphis. Another guy we look at is DeAndre Bembry with uh, Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter out with his shoulder injury. Bembry, much like Dunn, contributes in all those categories that aren't scoring. He gets assists, he'll get some steals, he blocks some shots. He's not going to be for everybody, but a bump in role, a bump in minutes, uh, a solid contribution across the board from Bembry is not something that we should be discounting, and he definitely has some value there. Another bunch of guys here who I've got as flyers, DeAndre Hunter from Atlanta. Hunter had that one game on the weekend with six steals. That is the anomaly. He is not a high steals player. Uh, We've seen that through all these other NBA games. We've seen that through his college career. But the opportunity is there. The minutes are pushing up. And maybe he can be a guy that, hey, you just add, especially in a 14-team league, but in a 12, let's see if he can get anything rolling. I'm skeptical, but it's a possibility. The next guy who's been really, really good lately is Malik Monk of the Charlotte Hornets. I've exposed this guy's, espoused this guy's value uh, at the beginning of the season, saying, look, if he plays 30 minutes a night, there's significant fantasy value there, but can he get his head right? Can he avoid the dumb mistakes? Well, recently, he has. He's supplanted Dwayne Bacon in the rotation. He played almost 30 minutes a night over the last few games. He's hitting game winners. He looks really strong. So again, if you want to take a flyer on an upside guy who looks to be putting it together, Monk has really strong fantasy value, and we're seeing that at the moment. Darius Garland, again, the minutes are there. Uh, the production waxes and wanes. But if we're just if you're in a position where you can take a flyer, you can look at some upside options. He is one of those players you can look at for Cleveland. And then we go to the triangle, Eric Paschal of the Golden State Warriors. They started him at small forward last game with Russell out. He probably does get another start at small forward. I'm not sure I 100% agree with those lineups that the Warriors are running out there. But they were competitive against the Celtics. But Paschal should see an increase in usage. He doesn't do much apart from score and rebound, but with this opportunity short term, with Russell out, that increase in usage will help him, and that will be uh, that will make him at least a, a flyer to see if he can get things back on track after a hot start, and then he fell off. 
In Indiana, lots of injuries. TJ McConnell, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, uh, Edmund Sumner, Victor Oladipo. That's five guards who probably be rotation guys all out. Aaron Holiday looked really good last game. Now, I don't imagine that these Lamb, Brogdon, uh, McConnell injuries are long-term, but Holiday has pushed himself into a short-term role, and you can take a fly. Maybe he can stay ahead of McConnell. Maybe in a deep league, he's going to be an every-night rotation guy, but he's looked pretty solid in that role so far. Another guy to talk about is Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu. He is starting in place of Chris Middleton. Now, there's a lot of melange of players there. You've got Georgie Hill, Wes Matthews, DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, Kyle Korver. And I think they're all going to limit each other's usefulness. DiVincenzo was pretty strong on Saturday, um, and he started the last two games with Middleton out. There's some upside flyerness there, but he's not like a, a must-add type of player with the way that Budenholz is using those minutes. Jarrett Culver, uh, the minutes are up. It's so hard to judge with this Wolves team because now that Teague is back, Wiggins has been out the last couple of games. What is Culver's role going to be? He's back and forward from the bench. He has okay production. Struggles with percentages. He, I, I'm not as high on him. And there's Josh Kogi there as, as well with Minnesota. I'm just not certain of both of those guys, where they fit in in terms of minutes as we move forward. Kenrick Williams of the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, with everyone injured in New Orleans, he's getting an opportunity. He's like a Bembry type of player who contributes across the board outside of that points category, and that can have at least some short-term value. Can he establish himself as a regular rotation guy? I'm not so sure about that, but he is someone to look at. And then if we want to take another flyer, Dennis Smith Jr., who, again, it's impossible to rely upon with Fisdale and the Knicks. Massive game, and then the next game, 10 minutes. Uh, it's so hard to judge, and this is without Alfred Payton. So he is the absolute definition of a flyer because if he plays 30 a night, then maybe he is a 12-team league guy, but getting to that number, it's really, really tough at the moment with how Fisdale is running things with the Knicks and his constant changing of rotations. Uh, another bunch of guys here with Johnny Isaac injured the chief, El Aminu. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's got some uh, short-term upside there. We go to a couple of Phoenix Suns guys, Cameron Johnson, who's hitting a lot of threes, and Dario Saric, who's really stepping it up at the moment. These are some flyer-type guys that maybe you look at depending on your league size. Of course, I've got to mention Carmelo Anthony. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. He's more of a 14-team flyer, and I'm not all that confident that he's going to return that value, but... There's a huge opportunity there, although I did like how Nasir Little played over the weekend as a nice energy power forward. In Sacramento, Corey Joseph is starting in place of De'Aaron Fox, but Yogi Ferrell has been outperforming him, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a switch made there at some point, and Ferrell is the better fantasy option on an equal minutes basis, so just a name again if we're talking really flyer-type guys. For the Spurs, they are struggling. Marco Ballinelli, everyone's calling for his head. Lonnie Walker, everyone wants to see him. Can we see Walker come in at some point and play a 20-minute role? I am quite skeptical of Walker. I don't think he's ever going to be a good fantasy player, and I'm not sure about him as an NBA prospect, but with the way things are going in San Antonio, you feel like his role is going to increase soon. A couple of guys uh, in uh, in Toronto, Terrence Davis and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Uh, with uh, Kyle Lowry out, Serge Barker out, they are getting more opportunities. They are more deeper league players, but definitely some flyer types there. And that next guy we're going to talk about is a guy I probably should have had a little bit earlier on this list. This isn't in order, of course, but... Flaming Mo Wagner has been putting up some unbelievable numbers. Now, I wrote about him in my Yahoo article on Friday. He is, over the course of this season, the 78th-ranked player in fantasy basketball, averaging 13 points in 19 minutes with six rebounds, a block a game, shooting 63% and 81% from the line. Thomas Bryant is dealing with a hip issue. It doesn't look like he's going to miss any time. But Wagner, even in limited minutes 
is providing value. And if anything happens to Bryant, they don't share the court together. But if anything happens with Bryant, Wagner is going to be an absolute 100% must-add guy. So if you want to add a player who's providing value in his own right at the moment, then Flaming Mo is absolutely someone you can look at. And then I think I've um, got one more guy we need to talk about who didn't fit onto those lists, and that is of the Atlanta Hawks, Damian Jones. He has moved into the starting lineup as the starting center. He is blocking shots. Uh, he's got a good field goal percentage. He's a, or he is a good field goal percentage player. But Jonesy is someone that at least you have to start paying some level of attention to as the starting center on the Hawks. His last three games, he's averaging 11-5 and five with two blocks on 75 from the field and 75 from the line. And if you know fantasy, you know that's definitely a top 100 player. So he and Wagner, if you're looking for those centers, they're wildly... Widely, widely, that's the word, widely available, and you can go and add them and see if they can provide some value to you. All right, that will do it for today's waiver wire show. Of course, this is not an exclusive list. There might be uh, other players out there who could be good options depending on your league. Don't forget, leave your comments in the uh, comments below on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter and uh, tweet at me at redrock underscore beeble or on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. On Instagram, I'm much more likely to respond if you leave a comment on a picture rather than send a DM. I just don't have the time to go through and answer everybody's individual DM. So if you if you do want something answered, it is. Uh, and even if I can't get to it, if you leave a comment on a photo, some Someone else might be able to come in and chime in with their opinion as well. Follow me at redrock underscore Beeble. I think I said that. Instagram, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.